Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. Today we are covering Mrs. Davis, Season 1, Episode 6, Alice and Treasures, A Southern California Story. I am Mr. Sal, high school science teacher, watching Mrs. Davis for the first time and loving it up to this point. Do I love this episode? We don't know yet, but I'm watching it with my co-host and former student, Kurt. And Kurt, I got your letter. It says that you wanted to unburden yourself. Well, here I am, so let's have it. Thank you for having me, Mr. Sal. Yeah, I'm very glad uh, to be here in this podcast with you. And what else do you want me to tell him? <laughs> okay, no, I'm not going to say that. But do you, Mr. Sal, would you like to, <laughs> would you like to talk to uh, Mrs. Davis? <laughs> okay. Uh, it's be I, a whole I guess so. for the podcast, Mr. Sal, is that really <laughs> I've been just reading what an AI is telling me to say. <laughs> Uh, so before we get too much into this episode, you and I were just talking off the <laughs> podcast about how AI is confidently wrong, right? Yes, yeah. So, so I just listened to an interview with Damon Lindelof and Tara Hernandez. They were on The Ringer, and it, it was a great interview, by the way. It's a, I highly recommend. Um, really, really good. Uh, but one of the things that Lindelof specifically was talking about a lot was the confidence that people place in technology. So you mentioned they'll be confidently wrong. I had mentioned to you Mm -hmm. that I, I asked chat GPT to help me figure out what series we should cover next. And And listeners, by the way, if you have an idea, let us know. Shelberspodcast at gmail.com. Sorry, go on. That's right. (laughs) But, but, it was interesting because it it was suggesting things like, oh, you should check out Only Murders in the Building. It's it's just got it's renewed for season two, and I said, <laughs> well, that's great. We already covered that one, but season two is already out, and season three is almost here. So, it, I mean, it was very confident that that Only Murders in the Building would be a good show for us to cover, and to a certain extent, it was right, but it had some really errant information in there just outdated information they, they talked they told the story about how uh i think it was chris ryan uh asked chat gpt uh, uh to predict the outcome of the philadelphia 76ers versus the brooklyn nets first round of the playoffs uh mm-hmm. and, and it was talking about players that are no longer on <laughs> the brooklyn nets yeah. mm-hmm. so but it's but speaking very confidently and, and damon little said, said something to the effect of you know the, it's a it's a confidence game like you put your confidence in this thing and then what you have to really be very careful about what you're putting your confidence in you know and and then he equated it to religion as well and, and damon little is atheist but he uh, and and he said, you know, I, I've always kind of viewed religion as the ultimate confidence game. Like people put their confidence in it a hundred percent. It's a con. viewpoint, yeah. He he views it as a con. Uh, Tara Hernandez, on the other hand, uh, so it's really interesting that these two are working together because Tara Hernandez, one of the qualifiers that she put on making the series with Lindelof was she said i do not want to make fun of simone for her faith i i I don't i want that to be part of her that is real and important so like it was her idea to have jesus actually be jesus like she's going to see jesus and married to jesus um so and he said that one of the things that was hard about recruiting for the writer's room here was finding people with faith to 
to be in the writer's room because so anyway uh so it was interesting but what what came up was that ai can be confident is confidently wrong so if you're putting your mm -hmm. confidence in that you might be misplacing your confidence quite it's, often and it's not only just wrong because like in that case it's just trained on old data so like it could never be right because it doesn't know right. it's wrong right there's no way right. but even in certain like you can try to get it and it'll just make up a person or you can and i've seen it write up like code and it's try to claim the code will work right but it's not going to run right and it'll just be an error right and then you can try to work from from there yeah. but no it'll be confidently wrong and it'll explain it to you not a lot of the time right but when it does it will be confident they call that hallucinating like ai is hallucinating that's just oh term really that's, yeah that's a term that's going around now so i'll, I'll keep spreading it hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> so that's ai so that it's a thing you got to worry about um and talking about how people place confidence in like technology is a really interesting thing because like i the way i feel right is that the more critical the technology is the less confidence people have in it like self-driving right and yeah. i also tend to see um kind of younger people just put a lot more confidence naturally than older people right so there's kind of two things like almost two dynamics kind of how critical is it so for just simple task searching stuff people almost wholly trust technology right almost to a problem people just trust what they read online mm -hmm. you know to an extent just because it's very simple information but the more critical the more important and critical a system is the less people trust technology <laughs> which is i guess all right but you know yeah so interesting anyway so. very interesting well anyway uh, we, we are here talking about episode six allison <laughs> treasures a southern california story and, and and we need to rather than talking about how confidently wrong ai can be let's talk about how confident we are in our ratings Rating. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, my level of confidence in your rating is not high, uh, but I think you really liked the, the blend of humor with relatively deep thought here. Uh, I think you loved the heist. I think you liked the, all the, all the stuff in the restaurant with Jesus. Huh? I, I don't, I don't really think there's anything you disliked about this episode. I, I hesitate to give, say that you gave it a 10, though. I don't think you liked it as much as uh, the, the Vatican one. But Which, by the way, oh, we'll talk mm -hmm. about that later. Okay. okay. Um, so I, I, I'll say you gave this a 9. I think you love this episode. I mean, it really it goes... First of all, I don't think you dislike anything in the episode. You like the whole blend of everything. And I think you really enjoy the Celeste, Simone drama angle with, you know, Monty kind of around, like, you know, the idea of Monty... Uh, in that parental trauma-esque situation. And kind of how Mrs. Davis, especially in the restaurant scene, lays it all out flatly as to what how Celeste is operating um, and the way she's kind of behaving towards Simone. So I think you loved the episode. I think you gave it a 10. So before I answer that, the, mm -hmm. I, I just wanted to quickly chime in because it's pertinent to what we were just talking about. Yeah, sure. The, that thing that happens at the end with... I'm, I'm going to call... The, the mother who proxies for Simone. I'm going to call her Allison Treasure since I didn't identify another Allison Treasure. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, no offense, but I think it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, maybe there's a, I don't know. Maybe I'll look at, I don't know. Why is it called Allison Treasure? Is this a reference? What is this? Um, so anyway, <laughs> I, I'm going to call her Allison Treasures. When, when Mrs. Davis says, 
that her users are more engaged when she lies than when she tells uh-huh. the truth. I know. And she, she goes, oh, that sucks, <laughs> right? <laughs> so so that's, I think that's an example of being, uh, of the confidence that we place in AI and in, you know, technology in general. Uh, and, and maybe we need to be a little more careful about where we place our confidence. So <laughs> anyway, um, you, you got me right. Yes, I gave us a 10. I, I love everything about this episode. There were so many scenes that I that I labeled. Oh, that's going to be my favorite scene. Oh, that's going to be my favorite scene. Oh, that's going to be my favorite scene. And so really? Oh, yeah. I, I love this episode. Okay. I didn't think oh, so. Here's I did give it a nine. I could uh, I could be talked up to ten. Yeah, I don't hate anything in this episode. It's all okay. pretty good. So maybe if we get more dis- better discussion out of it, I'll up the rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the favorite scene thing, I don't know. Uh, maybe you'll change my mind on it. But I did not feel, <laughs> and this kind of reminds me of uh, the Last of Us. Uh, uh, what was the title of the episode? Kin. Kin. Yeah, but, but there what, wasn't. What I, I, I don't know if that's the episode you're talking about. There was an episode called Kin. I, I think that's what I'm talking about. The, the, yeah, the more Joel centric one when they're at a place where I thought it was favorite scene after favorite scene after favorite scene, <laughs> and you disagreed with that notion. <laughs> I wonder if we got that situation going on. Um, although, but I do like the episode. I gave it a nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. 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 I mean, it's look. I first of all, I think it's a really funny episode. It I, is. I. It's funny that you brought up Only Murders in the Building because I actually even put here as a, like a reminder of it reminds me of a lot of Only Murders in the Building of blending both humor and a good drama kind right. of, you know, mixed in. Uh, right. It's good universe building, but something, and this is not necessarily a bad thing either, but I, I after watching this episode, I like just kind of stepped back and I went, how would I ever explain this to anyone to go watch this series? I, like, I, I, you, can't. I, it, you can't. I have to yeah. tell them, okay, do you like comedies? Do you like dramas? try yeah. it yeah you might like it <laughs> like because you can't I, I can't like if someone walked in and went oh what's going on right i don't know what to tell them like okay yeah so there's oh gee so there's this ai oh don't worry about that stuff that's the pope well that's not the pope that's the sisters of the coin that's what the holy grail don't worry about that we're talking about the ai right now okay and then oh that's her mom shot her with a crossbow long story and you just know. you know Oh yeah, she's a nun too. Oh, that's Jesus. Though, <laughs> like, it's right. just there's so much. It's so convoluted, and I'm actually very impressed with how convoluted the story is, but how well it's explained. Like, oh, I, seriously, I, I feel pretty good on the episode. There's only it's just there's only two episodes left. Yeah, I'm really so, sad about that. By the way, <laughs> that's good though. It's a good sadness. I mean, they're it is they're setting it up well. I feel as as I un- I understand all of it. They're not leaving a lot of super bad like they're not leaving a lot of eight questions there are the right questions i mean obviously like what's the angle here what's ai really trying to do what about the resistance as well are they doing something is you know is jay or god also having a plan into something so there's there's some angles to it it's really good and deep but they also answer things um which i appreciate and yeah it's good absolutely i I, i'm i i think the way i would explain it to someone is like look just put your confidence in me <laughs> trust me <laughs> that this is all going to work out and you're going to love it but then you have to hallucinate th- there are <laughs> they need to the, lie to them there there are going to be times along the way where you are literally pulling a simone at the end of episode four and saying what the you know it, it, it's going to happen mm-hmm. like so many times but if you trust it it, it, it will pay off. I, I hope it pays off. I, I think it will. Mm-hmm. I, I do think it's going to pay off. Um, 
you know, there Faith are Faith Will too. Lindelof's done well in his last previous series. Yeah, there and there are plenty of critics out there who are who have seen all eight episodes and are are still loving the series. So I I, I do think this is going to pay off. But in the meantime, like, I'm just enjoying the heck out of it. Like it, it's it's genuinely funny and genuinely bring comes close. I maybe I well up a little at some points, but not like I haven't like full on cried yet i'm i bet i will but but it hasn't happened yet but it it really does it does amaze me the gamut that they can run within one episode Mm -hmm. of doing ridiculous crap that makes me laugh hysterical hysterically uh and and then also making me like just think about it for the rest of the week i mean really i watch these episodes and i just can't stop thinking about it until i watch the next one and then i start thinking about that one (laughs) <laughs> like I, i'm really like i don't know if if i'm consuming this the wrong way or what but i do not stop thinking about the series that's a good thing yeah i know right? <laughs> i love a series that makes me think this this poses a lot of interesting questions this series it does it especially does. like i said it's very timed well on its release i'm sure it was made before at chat gpt's release and so right like, so it's, it's it's been timed a very it came out at a very good time between, between that and the fact that I've mentioned on the podcast before, I have a very complicated relationship with religion and Mm -hmm. this series seems to have a very complicated relationship with with religion. (laughs) No, literally with Jesus. Yeah, seriously, (laughs) literally Simone's relationship with Jesus is complicated. And I love that. It's not just blind faith. Always like like she, she's got, she's talking to Jesus. She's talking to Jesus, but, but she's also like, conflicted about it she's also wrestling with jesus you know in certain aspects you uh-huh, know mm-hmm. they're oh man i'm telling you like they're i have never seen it portrayed in in this way before this relationship that anyone has with god just on such a personal level it's so good it's so amazing it's so good and a credit i want to give to the show which i should have done it back in episode four is when they first introduced Jay, and I kind of got the hints that it's Jesus. It's I was like, well, okay, is Simone crazy or is this actually Jesus? <laughs> right. But they they kind of really like with the last episode of sorry in episode five is when they really kind of stamped down the fact of no, this is Jesus. <laughs> like they're like, we're, we're telling you this is Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so I'm pretty confident it is Jesus. And first seeing it my my thought process is, is oh they're gonna just kind of keep it as like an unknown maybe a little bit like she'll come she'll talk to jay and like you'll maybe kind of always be left wondering whether jay made a choice or if it's simone but i and maybe this is just me i don't say following for it but just believing one side of it but i feel as though the show has really kind of stamped down the fact no this is jesus and just accept that fact and let's go on uh, to yeah, other parts I, <laughs> yeah i i think so too and, and, and i love honestly, that i wouldn't um, have expected that yeah, and then listening to the interview with Tara Hernandez, I, I think yeah. definitely is intended to be actually Jesus. So yeah, it's yeah. such a such a cool dynamic. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know we did have an episode four of the Pope say that he went to the same restaurant. So uh, yeah, that's why I, I mean like they stomped down on it, the whole Clara thing. Like now it, it could be that 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 Pope was some kind of bad actor and and and, and playing along with mrs davis we know that he was in contact with her but yeah yeah but I, but I, I don't think that's the case i think that 
this is exactly what it is. So mm-hmm. it is it, it, what you see is what you get. So, yeah, they could yeah. roundabout way like make it so it turned out it's not real. But I, I don't. I think it's real. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I, I, I do too. So yeah, I do too. Uh, so I, I've kind of come to the conclusion that when I think about these episodes, I'm just I have my own like it's the. <laughs> Like, this is the heist episode to me. So this is the heist episode. Last episode was the Clara episode. The episode before mm-hmm. that was the Vatican episode. Mm-hmm. There was uh, the, the Excalibur battle episode. The, uh, <laughs> Sorry. the resistance episode and uh, the pilot, of course. So like, but they, they are pretty easy to separate in my mind despite the fact that we do not have useful the titles, titles are so with. bad though yeah i know <laughs> i i used to go on by episode number the um mm-hmm. the first two kind of blend together for me yeah will lie but the rest are very pretty well segmented in my mind yes, yes. three four to five to six yes absolutely absolutely so and three three and four were only segmented because three was kind of crap so <laughs> <laughs> i you know i you say that <laughs> no, listen, the Sal cut. And I, listen, the Mr. Sal cut is probably a great cut. Don't get me wrong. I, <laughs> but it's not what I watched. I know. I understand that. Um, but, man, I I keep coming back to the end of that episode. And it, I mean, really, <laughs> that might be my favorite scene in the series so far. It's a really good ending. It's, it's so amazing. Like the, the, the origin of her relationship with Jesus is like, it's so seminal to everything that happens and through the whole series before and after it's like and man i i just i can't get past that like i don't even think about excalibur when i think about that episode i just think about that last scene i only do because of kind of how bad it was but (laughs) no i agree that it's the like the highlight of this the uh, episode (laughs) okay all right it's like it's like a bad taste left in your mouth. You know what I mean? All right, we're not here to litigate episode. <laughs> I, know, I know we're on episode six now. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's let's uh let's take a guess at each other's favorite scenes because I, I really do I, I really do like there there were so many scenes in this scene in this episode where I just couldn't get enough. I just thought this is amazing. This is amazing. oh no no, this is amazing. I I say there were so many, but honestly, there aren't a ton of scenes in the episode at all. So really, I'm looking at like three that I just loved. Uh, but I'm going to say for you, your favorite scene came. Uh, do you lean into the comedy or the or into the drama? That's what I need to know. <laughs> you want to answer that question for me? No. Damn. Okay. Uh, I I think you leaned into the drama, and you picked uh the chili restaurant at the end with the with the allison treasures proxy likewise for you just because of uh you thinking about it but i yeah i'll say likewise for you okay that that is absolutely my favorite scene that is mine as well yeah. oh. <laughs> it might be recency bias i mean the, uh, it's a really long to, scene first of all it's, it is a right long scene end, so. it is right at the end it's an interesting look what you said is true i thought about the same thing when i was looking at it of Oh man, yeah, yeah, I lied to you. It's a big deal. I don't think right now it doesn't lie to you, I would say maliciously or like even knowingly, because we don't have AI that's smart that really, I guess, thinks. Okay. But... I, I, I'll push back on that a little because mm-hmm. specifically ChatGPT doesn't. But 
don't you think like like the the Facebook algorithm is programmed to get you clicking? Yeah. Right. So it, it's not necessarily telling you it's not telling you truth or lies necessarily, but it's oh, not, to try to keep you engaged. It's, it's just trying to keep engagement. you engaged. So that, yeah. I mean, that's what this yeah. is about. This is like uh-huh. my users are more engaged when I Why? do this. That so you know, Facebook's users are more engaged when you show mm-hmm. them an ad for whatever it just heard you say that you were interested in buying. Mm-hmm. Right. So th- th- I think I think there's there's plenty of plenty of relevance there to the AI that we have right now. It's it's not necessarily truth and lies, but it's not necessarily, you know, beneficial for you either. No, that's very true. No, yeah, the incentives of the creators of the AI and the users of it are two different things. Right. And and yeah, normally normally it just comes down to engagement. That's most of what online stuff is nowadays. I mean, there's right. a whole other discussion on that of geez, now that things are trending to be as engaging as possible. Right. I mean, how many times sure. do I check how many downloads our podcast has in a given day? I mean, I, <laughs> all, all the time. Like, I want to see if our listeners are engaged based on yeah. the number of emails we received this week. I would question their level of engagement. So please email us, <laughs> showhoppers, showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. So anyway. Um, but yeah, so now we, the proxy is once again a mother or someone who could be construed as a mother. We had a kindergarten teacher. Hmm. We had like... I don't know what the British lady was like. Clearly, somebody who could be construed as like a Mary Poppins type, yeah, like, like a you know, a, a maternal person. Uh, yeah. We had uh, her fake mother, Tina. Mm-hmm. We had the the Madonna from the Pietà, the uh, the Virgin Mary from the Pietà. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we have this person who is. At, Literally a mother with her literally child a mother. Right I I do love that the depictions keep putting Miss Davis ass. Yes, exactly. It's, it's a, so that's pretty great. Uh, and this whole episode was about mothers and daughters, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, that's that's something else. You know, we learned that Celeste didn't get the photos from Mrs. Davis, but showed them to Mrs. Davis and asked if Simone was her accomplice, and she confirmed that. So this is we know Mrs. Davis lies. I think that's a big deal to know that she lies for the sake of engagement of her users. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, that's a... <laughs> so how much of this story that she's telling to Simone is true? The, the biggest question is kind of like, what, um, what's Mrs. Davis's like endgame and purpose, right? Like engagement right. matters, but to an extent. Like right. even companies that make algorithms, they don't just care about engagement. Like they also are trying to accomplish, they're mostly trying to make money, <laughs> but it's sure. like how, you know, so we want to get engagement, but we also care about costs. Okay. And we mm-hmm. care about somehow making money from this. So those control those, you know, and then there gets more and more variables. So, okay. Mrs. Davis is trying to keep engagement, but what else is like Mrs. Davis objectives? I mean, Mrs. Davis claims the resistance is otherwise to like ended war and famine to all this other good stuff for mm-hmm. humanity. Is that what the objective is, or is there like another objective? I mean, the expiration date stuff's interesting as to perhaps it's, it's whatever objective it's trying to go for. I, I don't know. I'm but, glad you brought up the expiration date stuff because yeah. I wanted to just real quick while I'm thinking of it because I will definitely forget. That means I I wanted to just mention Wiley's clock is ticking here. He's got to be down to about four days now. Yeah. Oh yeah. If not right. less. And and I I think that this expiration date thing is not 
uh, you turn yourself into Mrs. Davis type thing. I think this is comes and picks you up. No, I'm thinking this is just she knows when you're gonna die. Oh wow! Like yeah. like almost God. Like I yeah. I don't I mean, know. Almost God. I wonder. Like, it... Well, I here here. So here's my kind of take on the expiration date thing. Is I think uh, I think Mrs. Davis has a purpose for the expiration date um, to give it to you and then give your wings because it's almost like Mrs. Davis is inducing demand for the wings, right? It goes okay first, mm-hmm. kind of like clout on the internet or like some other thing just to kind of have it like something nice whether it's like having a nice car or something right it's people blue, see other people the blue check mark exactly it's a blue check mark <laughs> now that's not as wanted anymore mr sal uh, but, but it's the same stuff. idea right it, it is the same idea though mark. it is it's, it's this idea of getting verified or this you know stamp of approval from mrs davis these wings right so it's caused this so it gives wings to people if they do good enough things or things it deems worthy enough if you follow it's you know, wisdom, you'll get your wings. Okay, and people seem to really respect the fact that people have their wings. We saw them awing at Wiley having his wings, and people respect other people that have their wings. And now there's so much this induced demand that people want wings to the point where they're willing to get an expiration date to get the wings. So I feel as though the AI is doing this purposefully. So it's it's like, it's, it has engagement, right? It, it, it has a big audience of people. And then it's inducing demand for these wings so that way people will willfully get an expiration date. For what purpose? I don't know. But I, I, I do think I, – I don't think it's just that's when Wiley was going to die and it's just telling Wiley when he's going to die. Like he'll just die of a natural cause. I yeah. do think – I think it is – I don't know what it is, but I do think it's something else that okay. benefits Stop. the AI in some way. And that's kind of why it's induced the demand for the wings because it gives you wings for getting an expiration date. Yep. No, I, I, I hear you. I, mm-hmm. I, I think we come down on opposite sides. This will be interesting to yeah. see how it plays out. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I think Wiley is going to more or less die in the line of duty. Like I, th- I think this whale or the Grail or something is going to kill Wiley on his expiration date. It, it, uh, if it, that could happen, we can both be right, kind of. Like, but I don't think that's what the expiration date has to do with, though. That is what I will say. Like, I, Wiley could die in the name of the mission or in the quest. Or of natural causes, perhaps even prior to the expiration date. Because I don't know if the expiration date is like, you know, almost like a finalized thing in that way. But I do think the AI gives them expiration dates for a very specific purpose in a way to aid itself. That I do think is true. Okay. So I don't, I'm not saying I don't think you're wrong, actually. Because I think, unless you think... I, I, I don't disagree that Wiley might die in the line of duty. But I do think the expiration date serves a purpose for the AI. If that makes well, sense. Is what I'm saying making sense? The, what the expiration date <laughs> serves a purpose for the AI in that it gets something out of your death. Well, I I'm saying Wiley might just so happen to die of natural causes or on the adventure, but for a typical use case environment, when someone gets an expiration date and then they come in or the AI claim like their date comes, the AI does something with them, whether it is kill them or use them or do something with them. Oh right, uh, because, so, so you're subscribing more to the JQ. It needs people to clean the servers. Perhaps it's that. It might be that. Yeah, it might be that it uses them as like literal like I don't want to say slaves. Kind maybe <laughs> or like maybe it maybe it does kill you, but do something with your. Like, I I think it does use you for something, but I could see Wiley dying before getting to that point just due to their adventures. So what what I'm basically trying to say is that I could see Wiley dying. I guess of what would be natural causes, but no, I don't think. Here's why I will disagree with you. Yeah, I don't think the expiration date is when they would have died anyway, and the AI is just putting the stamp on you or like the bar on you. That okay. I don't think is the case. All right, well, I I do. I think that uh, 
I think when yeah. you go get the expiration date, mm -hmm. the AI says, all right, well, if I send you on this mission, then your chances of dying here are eight days. Like it's, So I, I think that it, it extrapolates out based on now it's, it's going to start sending you on missions that put you in a position to die on that day. Maybe. No, I, I see what you're saying. No, I, I, I agree that could be it. I don't think that's what it is, but it could be. Like I have very well. Okay. All right. I see uh, your viewpoint. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to see about that. But uh but Wiley's clock is ticking, right? It's it's gotta be I mean it was eight days when he was in the Vatican holding cell. And that's now gotta be, yeah. It's gotta be at least four days later because they, they went to the island, they came back. He's talking about two ships, three international <laughs> flights. Like it it's it's gotta be it's gotta be about four days left. So which, anyway, but, but in which time zone is that date count on? Can he go back? Oh yeah, right, right. <laughs> try, to, try, to, try to save his life. What if? Anyway, yeah, that's a good point. But anyway, um, so we, we've talked a lot about the users being unresponsive, but uh, Simone makes the statement again here. Why would I? Why would my mother? And and as soon as she says mother, we get the error message: the ten forty two, ten forty two redirect sandy springs right so uh, it's it's almost i think it's been always when she mentions anything about her mother uh -huh. which i you know i was thinking about the wiley in the vatican prison doing the the recapture do you remember that he just was saying like a random string of words in an effort oh, yeah trying to like right in an effort random. to try to uh get mrs davis into a feedback loop Mm -hmm. So I wonder. I, I really, I'm starting to wonder if this, anytime, so um, Simone says something about her mother to Mrs. Davis, it puts it in a feedback loop, and then she gets the 10:42 error message. Anyway, um, I, it was really interesting hearing what Mrs. Davis had to say about Celeste and the guilt that she's feeling. She says the Celeste is not consciously aware of the immense guilt she feels for harming you. But she feels it. She feels it profoundly. And so she constructed the narrative where you seek revenge because it's easier for her to view you as an adversary who wants to destroy her than as a daughter who she destroyed. I, I, now, speaking as a parent. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, congratulations. Oh, thank you way. very much. Thank you very much. I haven't had to use that very much in this, in this <laughs> series. So I had to pull, play that card at some point. But for, from that perspective, I can completely imagine a scenario where I accidentally, but could have prevented it, um, her, harm my kid, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the guilt that that would instill in me would absolutely cause me to construct some kind of narrative. I'm, uh, to be honest with you, Carrie, I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I construct these narratives all the time. Not about my kids, of, uh, not about my kids, but I construct these narratives all the time. When, when I do something that I feel terrible about, I, I just start building narratives about how I could have prevented it, uh, and and or how it could have been, could have been prevented. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's not just my fault. Maybe it's like this other thing that happened or, or so I mean, not, maybe you've caused some other chain reaction due to some other right yeah, yeah yeah so i mean i it's, it's not specifically what she's saying about celeste here which is that she needs you to be her adversary because she feels this immense guilt 
Yeah, but, but it's it, it's it's other stuff. When I feel guilt, and guilt is a, a very strong emotion that I've grappled with for a very very long time. A lot of it comes from my complicated relationship with religion. Uh, in, in fact, it, I would say more than a lot of it. So, <laughs> um, uh, you know, being being raised Catholic is a special brand of guilt. I mean, it, it's just like guilt becomes such a dominant force in your life, and. and it does kind of infuriate me because a lot of Catholicism kind of views that as a point of pride, Catholic guilt. I don't know if you've ever heard that expression before. It, yeah. yeah. So it, it is, but it's a real, it's a real thing. And it, and it's really something that I've tried very hard to work through in the past few years. But anyway, um, so, so guilt does frequently cause me to construct these narratives, uh, whether, the, whether it's shifting the blame to someplace else or making an enemy out of someone that I've wronged, or whatever it is, I can very much sympathize with this statement about Celeste here. Hmm. Oh, I it makes a lot of sense with it, it's just such a cool angle to explain it in such a flat out way. Normally mm -hmm. you get the reveal of this from like one of the characters kind of deducing it or like they drop more crumbs, but they kind of show you the background information and you're like, okay, so that's just kind of a jerk. I didn't make all the connections. Like, like I didn't connect the fact that it's some like unconscious guilt, but it makes a lot of sense. Right. And yeah, I think that's really fascinating. Just the way they showcase it. And it's no, yeah, it's a very relatable thing. I so say. I want to, I want to just kind of tie this to one of my other contenders for favorite scene of the episode, which was right. the first Jesus scene. Um, mm, when I thought it was also very interesting. Yes. Oh, that was God. one of my contenders as well. Oh my God. I love that scene so much. So, uh, it's she says to Jesus when he's trying to kind of push her toward Wiley, mm -hmm. she says, I don't know what kind of guilt you're trying to work through by pushing me toward my ex. But so we've already been, it's been incepted in our minds that people construct narratives around the guilt that they feel. And now we're seeing Mrs. Davis tell us that that is what Celeste has done. So, mm -hmm. and now that, Simone has seen it twice, once from Jesus and once from Celeste. She's starting to wonder if Mrs. Davis didn't help her construct a narrative about it. So did you tell me you killed my father because it was easier for me to view you as an adversary that I want to destroy? Right? And she, she, she doesn't get an answer to that. No, right? she ignores it. No, yeah. Yeah. yeah it just moves right on. How is your quest for the ground? <laughs> right? So I, it's, but it's really cool because has Simone constructed a narrative around this because she's, this is just the information she's kind of been fed. Anyway, Simone then asks if she knows uh, where her father is, which of course Mrs. Davis does. And then we don't know what is said after that. Now I don't have any idea what is said to Neither. Simone once she puts that earpiece on. It is. <laughs> It's a huge moment because Simone has not put an earpiece in yet. So this is the first that she's actually talked directly with Mrs. Davis. So it, we know that it's really disturbing to Allison Treasures, the, the proxy. And we know that Simone is... Oh, I also kind of want to challenge that fact of it's challenging to the proxy. What if Mrs. Davis kind of like told the proxy to do all that stuff to get the earpiece inside of mrs davis's ear it's a great point that's what uh, i wonder too and when yeah. that happened i was like is the proxy actually refusing or it's is a it... great point yeah 
Yeah, and I it, it did cross my mind, but it it is it will never know. At least not, no, I don't think we, we don't know right now. I don't think but, we ever will find out, which is fine. I think this is a good thing to leave up in the air. Absolutely, uh, but but Simone's reaction is is gold here. Right? Is. I mean, she, she it's it's almost like she's she's welling up. So, so it's, it's an emotional response, and then all she says is "thank you." Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. That's all she she says. I so when I saw the scene, first of all, I don't know if we'll ever hear Mrs. Davis. So just fine if we don't. Not you know that's not an end all be all thing for me. But I when they showed Simone listening to Mrs. Davis and we like you know she starts to well up in a single tear. I don't know if more than one tear came down. <laughs> I I I couldn't help but think, man this would be a great time to edit in like a fake Mrs. Davis voice. Like this clip could be so funny. <laughs> if you, if you just, you know, inserted whatever you want Mrs. Davis saying. <laughs> it's a really funny way. Anyway. Oh, you're telling like as a meme or something? As a meme. Yeah. 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 Oh. Edit it. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you could make her say. That'd be funny. Be like, I, I can't, I really can't think of anything funny off the top of my head. There's, there's, but it's a good, like, for, there's a good template there. They, they, they set the sure. groundwork for it. If people sure. want to take that and run with it, you definitely could. Uh, you're probably out. right. Yeah. Like, it's just a funny <laughs> clip. I don't know. So, yeah. That's, that's a good point. But no, I have no idea. I have no earthly idea of what Mrs. Davis, I think, I have no earthly idea what Mrs. Davis told her, but now Simone's going to confidence, I guess, woman this to Celeste. And I'm interested to see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, me too. And and this this scene was just fantastic. I I I love this scene so much. This is a, another contender for among my favorite scenes of the season so far. It's a very good scene. It's it's great. And, and when I think about the scenes that it displaced, like man, this must have been a really good scene because that first scene with Jesus, where he's pushing her toward Wiley. It's phenomenal. I was like, this I can't imagine anything's gonna beat this as I'm watching the episode. Like, this is gonna be my favorite scene, right? <laughs> nope. Uh, another thing on my short list, another scene on my short list was um when she gets taken back into the uh the room and shown the the animatronic, not animatronic animation of of how her father with with uh, her and Celeste. Gave. Yes, with her and yeah. Celeste. Yeah, but I, I love that because you got the you got the the wizard costume. That's what really did it for me. It was mm-hmm. it was the Celeste keeps the wizard costume there to remind herself of Celeste of uh, Simone's Simone's propensity to shill for her father, even if yeah. she doesn't know she's doing it. Which is not the angle I thought they were going to go on. When she me neither. Yeah, well, it's pretty good. <laughs> I th- I thought it was going to be like this is here to remind me, me of the consequences of what happens when I get too protective or obsessed with something. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, exactly. So it's sort of more self reflection thing, but it's right. you know, a reminder that <laughs> you and Monty were in cahoots, <laughs> and you still are. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. All right. Well, uh, I, I'm satisfied with the my, the discussion of our favorite scene unless you have anything else you want to say about it no no i i, I think okay. well then i believe it's time to enter the recap we begin three years ago 
with Celeste giggling as she prays. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like talking with Jesus. I love this. Like this is the it's just so unique. It's so clever. Like she's and she's giddy. She's in glee as she's praying because she's with Jesus. It's so cool. Anyway, um, Celeste is here to visit and she is mean, <laughs> but she has an invitation, uh, but, but Simone didn't write it. Monty did. He called the meeting. He's there in full nun garb, removing his <laughs> my, very so minor funny. plastic nose. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. Oh my god! I this this I thought is so hysterical. I mean, I almost cried. Like this was so yeah, funny you know, to me. You know, and I guess it's worth pointing worth pointing out here that Celeste says, "I can smell you, Mati." Right? So she, yeah. Apparently, I, this is literal. It's not like like this reeks of monty this is like a literal smell because she does it with her nose like later on at the funeral but anyway it, it was very funny it's a really bad nun disguise like i would be interested to go back to uh, yeah is he in the wedding scene he might be i i, I even sicker if he is uh, uh, i mean he says that he was he says he was but like i i wonder if the camera showed him i know that would be amazing oh my god what that was um that was episode four, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, that was episode four. I may have to check that out. Anyway, so uh Monty called this meeting. He cracked the Lazarus Shroud, which I didn't know what the Lazarus Shroud was, did you? No, me either. <laughs> okay. I, I actually still don't really know. Well like... now I think I is that too. Well the Lazarus Shroud, yes, okay, fine. But what's the trick? The trick? Oh, like how? Oh, I have no idea what the actual trick yeah. is. Like what the actual? I why? Well, I, I guess the suit keeps him safe. I maybe he is just actually supposed to like um, pick the. Uh, I I thought it was going to be like a Houdini esque um, escape from the water. Yeah, escape artist. Like, like, yeah. Acid. And what the actual trick is? I don't think the actual trick matters because it went wrong and he died. But probably of some getting out of the vat of that. Well, I, he did explain that he'd somehow end up in the back. How he does the trick. I don't know what the actual plan is because he didn't share that with anyone, but that might be why he faked his death. I don't know. I don't know what the act. Maybe there was no actual trick. And this is all just that because then he planned on, you know what I mean? Like there was no actual real trick behind it because the trick was him faking his death. Okay. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, like he never <laughs> actually had a trick. <laughs> but I just want to know what what it is that was is intent. Like if if a magician says the Lazarus Shroud. Uh-huh. Like, what are they trying to do? They're trying to get from the tank to the back of the room. Is that the idea? Oh, I don't know. If that's an actual. Oh, like if that's an actual term, I just thought that's what he named like the suit. But yeah, I I don't know. Um, maybe it's not. Maybe it is just made up for Mrs. Davis. I doubt that. I I think it's a real thing. But I thought it was. I thought it was just like the made up name of the suit. But I do see what you're saying. Because what if this yeah. is an actual like term? I, <laughs> right. no, I get your point. They yeah. use the term force. Did it use the term force? Uh, yeah exactly <laughs> well, magic, anyway so. yeah i, I don't want to get bogged down on the magic yeah. here but anyway uh he offers celeste a, a divorce if she'll come see him perform this trick and i guess it's worth noting that the reason that he's so obsessed with with doing this is because he thinks that mrs davis killed magic which th- we're gonna get we're gonna get two of these mm-hmm. in this episode of this is how Mrs. Davis negatively impacted my life. 
Yeah. Right. Uh, so, so here's Monty here's the then later Jake. Yeah. Right. So here here's the first one. You know, if if anybody can go home and ask her how the the magic is done, then there's no magic anymore. So she she killed magic. She killed my career. She killed me. So, but he offers Celeste the divorce that she's been seeking for twelve years if she'll just come to the show. And uh, after Celeste, you know kind of leads him on a little bit but then ultimately says no we're, we're, we're not doing that and, and leaves but monty sticks around chats with simone for a little bit and and simone asks you know how often do you do this he says eh, every once in a while <laughs> and she says were you at my wedding you were radiant and so <laughs> forth so anyway um he said she says if uh she can destroy i'm sorry monty says if she can destroy magic what else do you, what about it? What makes you think a place like this isn't next? And that I think is, is, is a big, it's a big part, a big theme of the show that where we put our trust, where we put our confidence, where we put the, the things, where, where we place our explanations for the unexplainable mm -hmm. uh, matters. And that if, it's in faith if it's in religion like it is for simone like w how long does that have to exist if mrs davis is around and, and i i wonder if that's some of jay's motivation too that he sees like faith in himself waning and mm -hmm. therefore needs mrs davis destroyed um i don't know have you ever seen or read american gods by any chance no Okay, so it's a Neil Gaiman novel, but then the novel was adapted into a TV series for stars. Very mixed reception. People generally love the first season. After that, it kind of comes off the rails, all kinds of production problems. But anyway, the point of it is, it's about gods from lots of countries making their way to America via immigration. So, so the immigrants kind of bring their, their gods with them. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and there, there's actually even, uh, I'm sorry, there's the old gods and the new gods. So the old gods are the ones who have come via immigration. But then there's the new gods, which are things like technology and media and stuff like that. So uh, there's, there's a, a new god called Technical Boy, you know, and, and the new gods are at war with the old gods. And it's about the old gods trying to like just maintain any kind of relevance. <laughs> in a world of technology so uh, it, it, there's a lot of that here and i wonder if that isn't a lot of jesus motivation is that you know, mrs davis gotta go because i'm losing followers you know i didn't ever even think about that angle that's really cool when i saw this and the later jq one i was like this is a really cool take on just like it was being talked about and has talked about anytime there's a big like technology or big revolution industrial revolution and now going on kind of now of job loss or how this can affect people in the economy if we have this artificial intelligence now what they showed mrs davis isn't as much job loss right with i mean it seems like from mrs davis what we hear from mrs davis that's like a utopia-esque situation right uh, we've seen job kind of not what you would expect in terms of job loss but they're showcasing how it's taken things away from people and i think a really interesting way right like they're not showing how someone at their office job isn't needed anymore because Miss Davis can do it all, which I'm sure has happened. But right. uh, they're showing how this magician, right? It doesn't it doesn't work out very good for him anymore now because it's not it doesn't seem like magic. 
JQ. We'll see about being a poker player. And I didn't even think about that angle of what you just like, highlighted of literal God and Jesus are right. are being kind of replaced by the AI. So I, right. I was already thinking about how they were kind of connecting it to real life job loss. I, I'll give you this too. Recently, like well, within the last week, report came out because it is starting to happen now. IBM is planning to automate about 8,000 of their jobs. Yeah. They're going to stop hiring and automate about 8,000, mm. which is like, man, yeah, it's, it's coming. Oh, yeah. It's here. So, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting discussion point. And I, I think the show did highlight that very well. And that's yeah. interesting too with the American Gods thing. I, I, I think it's an interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of the point of American Gods. But, it, um, I mean, Mrs. Davis, I, I feel like Mrs. Davis is doing it better uh, in that way. There are a lot of other things I like about American Gods. Mm-hmm. That kind of war between... The old gods and the new gods is not my favorite part of American gods, but anyway, uh, I'm digressing. That that's a very flawed, very <laughs> flawed series. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, uh, present day, we get uh, some. Uh, I keep wanting to say Simone and Celeste backwards. I, I'm, it's very difficult for me to keep these two straight, especially yeah, since yeah. I don't know if you knew this, but the actress who plays. Celeste is named Elizabeth Marvel, and now her daughter on the show is Elizabeth. So anyway, it it's rough. <laughs> so um, anyway, her her uh, security company is called Second Deal Securities. So there's still a kind of a magic theme here because she's got the card logos and everything. Anyway, Simone has to wait until four o'clock to see Celeste, and it's nine a.m. So Wiley suggests. Why don't you go get something to eat? Go go visit your hubby. He usually feeds you, right? Mm-hmm. And so she she does this. And when she gets there, she's very disappointed by Jay's tacos <laughs> instead of falafel. But you make falafel. I like falafel. <laughs> Alas, not everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> tacos are what everybody loves. I'll keep that in mind, Jay. <laughs> So a trio of, of tacos. Yeah. Anyway, they seem like uh, nice tacos. Now yeah. I love tacos now. I love tacos. Tacos are good. Tacos are very good. All right. So Jay, but Jay only knows. We ter- this is a big deal. I I think Jay at least claims to only know what people tell him in here. So he allegedly didn't know that Clara was dead because it didn't happen in there. Somebody would have had to tell him, and now Simone has. So she tells him that Clara's head exploded when she drank from the grail. And she wonders if she cut the line. She wonders if she only is able to, to be in the restaurant with Jay because she has uh, Clara's grail slip, grail sipped liver. <laughs> uh, but Jay doesn't know why, how or why people get there. Or again, at least he claims not to know mm. why uh, or how people get in. But she keeps bringing up Wiley, and Jay wonders if she still has feelings for him. Seems unfair, after all, for him to be able to have other relationships while she can't. And then Simone says, I don't know, this feels like a trap, and he invokes the crossbow. You think it's a trap because your mother shot you with a crossbow, (laughs) Uh, and you'd rather anticipate danger where there isn't any than get hurt again. Which is a really like the, my brain stuck on that for quite a while. Like, <laughs> a I had big psychoanalyzing going yeah. on here in this series. Yeah, I had to pause it on that and be like, "Oh, yeah, you'd rather anticipate danger where there is none." Which, by the way, is her middle name, Danger. But <laughs> you'd rather <laughs> anticipate danger where there is none than be hurt again. 
And and then I start thinking about how that applies to my own life and which is the thing that I love most about entertainment. Like when it can make me pause what I'm watching and think about how it applies to my own life. That's my sweet spot. I love that. Anyway, I'm not going to go into how that applies to my own life here. <laughs> but anyway, as she accuses him of trying to compensate for his guilt, which is going to come up again later. And he checks with the boss who grants permission for her to sleep with Wiley. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. Uh, and so she says, no, I don't want to sleep with Wiley. I only want to sleep with. And then she wakes up because Celeste is ready to see them. I love that scene so much. I think it's That's so a good. good. Scene. Yeah, it is a great scene. I, yeah. I, I, that and what ended up being my favorite scene, I think are the two best scenes. Like I, I'm curious what you think are other really good. I mean, actually, you did name the other one. Yeah, the other the other one that on my short list was in the the Lazarus Shroud room. In the, okay, got it. Now, I, I do. I, I don't think this is necessarily the intention of what they're going for, but it does make me think of the requirement within the Catholic Church for clergy to not marry, or at least nuns and priests can't marry. Can't, they, they take vows of chastity. And, and this is relatively, in Christianity, it's it's unique to Catholicism. I mean, I know another, other world religions probably do this as well, but within Christianity, Catholicism, I think, is the only one that does not allow priests and nuns to marry and, or have sex at all. Um, and so it, to me, it did make me think of like, it's interesting to hear Jesus say, I don't think it's fair that I get to have other relationships and you don't <laughs> because it's such an ingrained doctrine of the church. So anyway, that's just where my mind went. can take on it. No, definitely. Yeah. So anyway, the, Wiley and Simone go into the uh, office where they kind of fill Celeste in on what they want to do and why they need the Lazarus Shroud. So and they why get... they need a cup of coffee. <laughs> really want that coffee. I thought it was so funny. I'm even more happy it was actually like a, like a necessary thing. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Uh, but... They need it so they can enter the whale's stomach to get the grail. And and Celeste agrees, no problem. Not fine by me. But we gotta go through this, you know, secret door. Pick the book that I read to you when you were a child. And she picks the wonderful Wizard of Oz, which is wrong, and the the steel curtains come down around them, and the alarms go off. But what she really read when she was a child was Anne Rand's Atlas Shrugged, which I, I don't know if you know anything about. This book? No, I, I know nothing. Okay, so it's a very pro-capitalism, anti-government, uh, um, I don't want to say anti-government, anti-government uh, regulation uh, mm. book, right? Uh, it's, uh, I don't know, do you know who Paul Ryan is? No. Okay, Paul Ryan was the Speaker of the House of Representatives oh, before. I, yeah, okay, I, know, I know who Paul Ryan is. Yeah, he was uh, Mitt Romney's vice presidential candidate, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, uh, he used to have his staff read this book. <laughs> so so uh, Simone is less than impressed that her mother used to read. I, I, I always say Anne Rand. She didn't say Anne Rand. She said Ayn Rand. 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, it was interesting. Um, uh, by the way, I, I should say I, I felt a little bit. Uh, I took it a little personally when she said, uh, "You know, I only remember Dad reading me. I don't remember you reading to me." And she said, "Well, that's because your father used to do his silly voices and <laughs> embellishments of the story. Pardon me for sticking to the text." So this this is a thing in my house, like a really big thing. <laughs> What do you mean? Like, is this like, like, do, do you or your wife read a lot I, better than I do all the voices and embellishments? <laughs> and so my kids always wanted me to read a lot. <laughs> and my wife would be like, what the heck? Why can't I ever do the reading? And so it was, it, I, I, feel, I felt bad, but I took this a little personally. So, anyway. <laughs> all right. So, she has uh, closing walls as she enters the security phrase. <laughs> it's so funny. The, uh, the, the Not security phrase. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a password. She's got to type it all out. Right. So they they call it a security phrase. Oh, okay. But, well, yeah, it says, "Do not mess with Celeste. There will be." And then, did you catch what the rest was? I don't know because wasn't that the whole point of the uh, AI? I wasn't sure what the rest was. Yes, but you can pause it and and get it oh no no i didn't even bother yeah so so the actual phrase goes there there will be consequences underscore big ones (laughs) okay so yeah i remember that was one of the choices right that and that was the last choice that's less types in later but anyway um this this is uh these closing walls were certainly well i'll I'll talk about the closing walls a little, little bit when we get when we get to the plan the heist phase all right in her secret room she uh has the shroud and a video of Monty's preamble to the trick. He says where he does, in fact, parakeet Lizzie. He says, I even invited a nun to pray for my soul. This is how <laughs> dangerous it is. And I, she'll explain what parakeet means later. But she used it at the convent, too, when Monty was at the convent. Mm-hmm. She says, I'm not, if, if you want me to be your parakeet again, it's a hard pass. So, But she'll explain later what the parakeet thing means we'll, we'll wait until we get there so so it's kind of showing how manipulative monty is oh absolutely because even even in like back in the past as a reminder when she got crossbowed so let's put up for, for the question of monty was kind of manipulating you <laughs> to absolutely. go see what's in there and yeah there you go absolutely so. by, by the way i did just look at the wedding scene and i did not see monty in the audience oh okay <laughs> so uh Unless unless he has had a, had a much better disguise on than he did this time, <laughs> so at any rate, um, she spares her record, uh, showing the rest of the recording of of the actual event, and shows her instead the animation, and she she says that he, instead of getting into the suit, got into this table, uh, and that the body inside was some cadaver that he probably stole for the morgue it dissolved goopified and leaked all over the stage and celeste thinks that was just a cadaver and that monty hit the table and she believes that simone let him out and she keeps the wizard costume as a reminder of lizzie's willingness to enter forbidden places to help her father and so yeah you can have the girl if you want but you got to tell me where monty is first and Simone says he's dead, and she says, "Well, I guess we're done." So that's that's the deal that's on the table. So it's not a million euros this time; it's Monty's location. Wiley uh, is a big, strong boy, and everybody loves him, and he's never going to die. And he hits himself and bleeds all over the couch. 
Uh, JQ's got an interesting name for that later. We'll talk. <laughs> Actually, we'll talk right now. <laughs> yeah, JQ. Yeah, he, JQ picks them up in the taxi and he says, what happened to your face, mate? <laughs> and, and he says, well, she wouldn't give me coffee. He's like, did you dirt yourself? You, you pulled a Durden, didn't you? Like, so uh, you you know Tyler Durden, right? No, I don't know who that is. Really? Okay. Am I supposed to know who that is? Tyler? Tyler Durden? Yeah, well. Oh, it's... Fight Club. Oh, yeah. Never mind. I forgot his name. Okay, okay. No, I know what it's referring to then. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. yeah. Because I, yeah, I know how Fight Club goes. I, right. I forgot his name was Tyler Durden. Yeah. Tyler Durden. <laughs> so, so, that, so that's the reference here. And I, you know, so. That's pretty funny. I'm gonna, though, try, I'm gonna try not to spoil. <laughs> I'm gonna try not to spoil Fight Club here because it's a great movie. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah, and that's what. I'm about. I, I watch Fight Club, and you will very clearly then see because I forgot the character's name was Tyler Dern. Yeah, right. Great stuff. So this is pretty but, funny. <laughs> but, but let me say this: I want to modify my prediction that I made last week about who beat up Jesus to say that Jesus beat himself up. Oh, we Tyler <gasps> to manipulate. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. to, to yeah as a manipulation ploy to kind of pull Simone back closer to him because they were kind of in a bit of a rift after the uh, the whole Pope thing. Dude, it works every time. <laughs> yeah. so, so there you have it. Okay, um, Wiley and Simone uh, and JQ are going to plan a heist here. And JQ starts laying out the plan, which involves sneaking Wiley and Simone inside the new couch. Uh, and, of course, the constipator. Which I love the constipator. I have a bone to pick with the constipator. I got so, a bone to pick with the constipator. Okay. So, I mean, given that it fails later, right? Um, yeah, well. Why do you need something with joints, first of all? Second of all, if you're going to place it, across a hallway that's closing in you cannot elevate it you have to place it on the floor why because when you elevate it unless you somehow miraculously have some kind of internal level that makes it so that it is exactly horizontal it's always going to uh, twist out of position place it on the floor i never thought about that it can't twist out of position no See, that's just stupid. What? <laughs> no, I can, I'm right. I, yeah, no, I can put it level though, Mister Sal. Give me the constipator. I'll put it. I'll put it nice and level. I mean, it was a cool little gimmick, the constipator. <laughs> but this is this is a bad. Uh, it's poor, poor execution and it's poor design because the joints are completely unnecessary. There's a, a steel bar is what you need, a really thick one. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> you hate the constipator. And you it wouldn't have fit. It wouldn't have fit. It would have fit the couch. You can make it. Th- why? You can make it fit. No, we don't have enough room. Constipator. Uh, uh, Let's try to intrude. It'll work. I bet you it would have worked in her security room. I bet this rebuilt one had a stronger <laughs> thrust chamber. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I trust JQ. <laughs> okay. I don't know how much I trust JQ. He was Me all. Either. He was all over. The previous Leon, did you notice that he was? He was. It was like they're showing us JQ like crazy here. I I don't know. I don't know if I trust JQ. I, th- I thought at first when they didn't get a radio, like when 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 the constipator didn't work and Wiley couldn't get 
like a signal back to JQ when he yeah. wasn't responding to the radio, I immediately went, Oh no, JQ's double crossed him. Um, like that's what I thought in that moment. I was like, the constipator doesn't work. <laughs> and they're not, he's not responding to Wiley's radio. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Anyway, when when they're alone, JQ tells Simone that he used to be a professional poker player. I mean, this is a moment of sincerity from JQ that we haven't seen yet. He's just he's really just been over the top, you know, humor and machismo. Uh, and at this point, he didn't get a moment of sincerity. He was a professional poker player, but he was on tilt because of the AI. Because suddenly anybody with a phone could figure out how to play poker. So he started chasing bad cards. He went on tilt. Simone put Wiley on tilt at Monty's funeral, and she better never do that again. See, this, this is a good example of setting up a question, and they will later answer it. You all within the same episode. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, right. it's great. <laughs> so, um, I will say this: that I think that um, Wiley on tilt is when he went to get the expiration date. Probably that's what I'm assuming happened too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Wiley and Simone get sedated, and she uh, she wants to know what will happen to his body after he reports for, on his expiration date. He doesn't really know. He didn't really. He didn't ask. But he wants to know what she did with his belt. She has no idea what he's talking about. But we do. Once they fall asleep, get this flashback to Monty's funeral, mm-hmm. and so, uh, Simone shows uh, is, is greeting people. Uh, Wiley shows up with his girlfriend. And Simone pulls Wiley away and into a closet to do some, quote, grieving. But she changes her mind and he leaves. And she, I don't know, there's, a, there's, this, there's this thing about ears in this series that I keep noticing. I don't know if you're noticing or not, but I'm not. Um, I mean, obviously, Mrs. Davis is an earbud. So people have Mrs. Davis literally in their ear, right? Mm-hmm. We, but, but Simone wearing her habit always has her ears covered right and and we see it at the end she has to move the habit away from her ear in order to insert mrs davis's earbud Mm -hmm. but wiley also does this thing with ears and i pointed it out in episode three where they zoomed in on lizzie's ear and showed him kind of wrapping his fingers around her ear uh he does it again here and that's the moment of intimacy that turns Simone away from him. When he does that, she says, no, no, stop. And she covers her ear back up, and that's the end of it. So, I don't know. There's this thing about ears. There's something about ears. <laughs> something now, something now about you're, ears. you're on it. something. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what, though. So I'm, I'm just <laughs> making observations. I have no explanations for them. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so... She changes her mind. Wiley leaves really, really awkwardly. You know, steps. He steps in a bucket. I mean, this is like right out of a cartoon. He and steps it, in a bucket and falls through the door and zips up his pants as he stands. So loud, yeah. Uh, very anyway. tactful. Exit. Yeah. 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 Uh, and and Celeste. After that happens, she, uh, Simone hears Celeste shouting for Monty in this theater area and shout, shouts for him to reveal himself. And when Celeste leaves, uh, Simone sits in, in front of some shrouded person. Did you see this? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm because Celeste is like convinced that Monty is there in the room. She rips off the guy's hat and glasses. Mm-hmm. It's not Monty. But she keeps saying, I can smell you, Monty. And she's sniffing. 
when Simone sits down, this shrouded person behind her, I was like, this has got to be Monty, right? That's got to be him. Who wears who wears that to a funeral? Uh, maybe that's what Monty wants you to think. Okay. Well, I did. <laughs> anyway, so next we get the heist. The constipator doesn't work. J- JBH can't reach JQ. I-, I really would love to know what these acronyms are for, but I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever figure it out, but uh, at first, and when it does, suddenly there's no rain where JQ is, but there is where Wiley is. Simone just makes it in, out of the uh, trash compactor, which <laughs> this is what I wanted to mention. So JQ keeps referring to this as the trash compactor, like from Star Wars. And yeah, the Simone earlier had said, oh, there's no way Celeste has seen Star Wars. Everybody's seen Star Wars. Do you know the, the air date of this episode, the drop date? Oh, is it May the 4th? It was May 4th. Yeah, May yeah. the 4th be with you. So, so they got all these Star Wars references here. But anyway, yeah, this is a famous trash compactor scene in, in the original Star Wars, episode four, New Hope. Simone just makes it out uh, and she's, she's in the wrong place with Wiley. And Celeste. Celeste, it turns out, uses this fake office to educate clients about their vulnerabilities. And now she's going to educate Simone about her vulnerabilities. When you ignore boundaries, Celeste says, there will be consequences. Big consequences, person. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, By the way, that's a a bit of a theme as well. That's (laughs) something that Arthur Schrodinger said, remember? Uh, if you want to hear this story, the story has consequences. Consequences it is, right? Mm. But they go they go at it a bit, back and forth. And when Simone calls her insane, something in Celeste snaps. And she says, is insane. And she throws these ATM photos at her. And she tells her that uh, she is convinced that Monty is alive because those photos were taken three days after his supposed death and the two of you have been gaslighting me for years can trying to convince me that I'm insane and uh, she says you know what I don't I don't even care anymore you tell your father that I'm destroying that Lazarus shroud in the morning like this brings up so many questions to me I do think Monty's alive but I was wondering like in this moment of like, did the AI set this all up? Like, is Monty actually dead? And this is just a lookalike that was told to get like, you know what I mean? Like somehow this is all staged or like I, the I AI. I, I don't think that's the case, but when I first saw it, it did I don't my know head. the timeline of when the AI came out. Well, yeah, it definitely came out before Monty's death. Cause that's why Monty. Oh, correct. Yes. That's yeah. True. Yes. Yeah. So I, that yeah. did pass through my head, but I don't think. Maybe, but uh, I I, don't I think, think he's yeah. alive. I think yeah, he's alive. I, I, I think he's alive too. Yeah, I think he's alive. And I, I will be so bold as to say, oh, I'll wait for predictions <laughs> to, to tell you what I'll be so bold about. Anyway, she leaves them there. Simone is pissed and very very hot, so she starts disrobing, and and she and Wiley start start doing it. It's a very interesting <laughs> way of grieving. <laughs> Both times I'm grieving. I. I this is not uncommon, mm-hmm. uh, from, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do have a little bit of, I don't know if it's first hand, it's probably more like second hand experience with, <laughs> with something similar to this. Um, that grieving frequently can lead to 
sexual escapades. Anyway, um, the, the, so she, she's having sex with Riley, and all of a sudden she's transported nearly naked to the restaurant, <laughs> which is very funny when she realizes it. She's like, whoo! She like <laughs> drops to the floor to hide, but she's shocked and she's embarrassed. And I will just point out here that this is very um, Adam and Evian. So we've talked about Adam and Eve on this, on this podcast for the Mrs. Davis coverage. Uh, and we, I told you that the snake, the, the devil convinced them to eat from the tree, which was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And one of the first things that happens when they eat from the tree is that they realize they're naked and it's very embarrassing to them. And they immediately find like fig leaves to cover up. So th that's, this reminded me of that, like this, the embarrassment at being naked. Mm -hmm. Although there's, there's another guy there who's way more naked than she is. <laughs> yeah. He's owning it. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and when Jay comes out to mop, Jay can't see or hear them. Well, unless they say his name. So he tells her that sometimes when you're having good sex, you end up here, which I mean, it's hysterical. It's really funny. Oh my God. Uh, I mean, you've heard the expression, see God, like, right. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So really good sex is sometimes described as, Oh, I saw God. Right. So, so that's, that's, that's what this is all about. I, I assume, but, She's so enthralled with him mopping, and it's like this sensual, like, it is like I, I, I know the way he's mopping, yeah, yeah. I mean, his skin is glistening with sweat, and like, there's this music playing, and he's dancing with the mop almost. So, she's so enthralled by it that she says his name and she tells him where she is, and, and gets, she's about to tell him where she is because he asks, Where are you? Uh, and she says, I, I'm with, and then she wakes up on the word Wiley. So, oh, so wakes up, she's, when, she's back. Is this the first time she directly calls him Jesus to his face? No. Okay. No, no. Um, okay. th there was a bit when they were kind of fooling around before they were married, and she's like, oh, oh like, my God. <laughs> she says, oh, my God. And she's like, no, nah, don't say that. And he's like, sorry, Jesus. Yeah, uh, she, yeah. And even in the second episode, when he says, well, what did you say when I asked you to marry me? And she said, I, I said, yes. Yes, Jesus. So I, th I think she, well, she, okay. she has several times used his name. But anyway, JQ is there to pick them up. They stop fooling around just before he arrives. Um, and he's impressed. JQ's very impressed by Celeste's <laughs> game. Game yeah, recognizes game. I know. I love it. So funny. <laughs> he, JQ is hysterical. He's JQ like, you're really you got a trash compactor? Oh, I'd, I'd love to be in that trash compactor. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. Anyway, Simone uh, wants to be dropped off at Chili John's. So next is our favorite scene. So we can mm -hmm. skip past that. Uh, and then Celeste's, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Celeste goes back to the office and, and finds Simone in her secret room. And Simone confesses to being Monty's accomplice. And you know what? Uh, she'll bring her right to him once she's done with the shroud. Celeste says, all right, but I'm going with you. And she wonders, Simone wonders, how, how did you know that we were going to heist the, the shroud? Uh, well, they found a tracker in Wiley's shoe, but... 
who put it there? Well, those shoes came from Mrs. Davis. But who put it there? The very next cut we get is Hans Ziegler, who has a tracking device tracking him. Uh-huh. Or tracking the whale, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, he's tracking something. And he's bringing it to the Sisters of the Coin. And he says that he can take them to the real grail because that is a fake. But they'll need a boat. By the way, Matilda's still alive, even though that orderly <laughs> in the hospital said she was dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Matilda's still alive. Uh, I did like that this they, they threw this in there because a complaint, oh, while I was watching it, I was like, well, come on now. Like, so nothing about Hans or the Sisters of the Coin now? Like, we had them nonstop last episode. Like, I, we don't have that many episodes left, so I don't want to be, you know, dropping storylines. I kind of right. want them to be starting to show up together. So this was, I was just very happy they actually included yeah. this scene. Yeah, um, absolutely. He's now saying, okay, well, now, now we're talking here. Okay. Absolutely. I'm seeing, I'm seeing a bit of a culmination here. I think we'll be seeing a whale next episode. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought we were going to see it this episode. I'm a little I know. We didn't. So I know. So that's what I say. Uh, next episode, Grail I'm Whale. For, looking forward to Grail Whale. <laughs> looking forward to Grail Whale. All right. So I, I think already... it'll be funnier if Grail Whale passed uh, the Holy Grail like through its system, like it's now poop. <laughs> I like in in a, in a big honestly, thing of, I thought um, about that. Like, wait a minute, why would it stick around in the whale's stomach? Why wouldn't it pass through? I don't know how that stuff works. Like, what if something just kind of, I don't know. It maybe it's like just doesn't it just sinks to the bottom, it's gold. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. All right, Kurt, would you like to check the time? Oh, I'd love to ch- oh my goodness. This TV time. Yeah. Ain't no time like a TV time. Hmm. Kurt, on a scale from one to one to five, sorry. Which uh score do you think the Majority of people on TV time gave this episode a five. They did sixty-two percent. It's a good episode. Oh, the is, character ranking third highest. That is the third highest after the previous two episodes. But the character ratings, I believe that you said Simone was your favorite character. I second. think you and the people both said Simone. I know I did absolutely hundred percent Simone. Uh, I did but, as well. Yeah. Oh, I mean. But wait, what did the people say? The, oh, they said Simone, eighty-eight oh, okay. <laughs> percent. I, 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 I was, I was like, I just started to make it sound sound like they didn't say Simone. I know, I'd be I shocked did. if they picked yeah. someone else. I, I would also be shocked. Ten percent for Wiley, though. That's that's fine. I mean, eh, actually, no, never mind. I don't think <laughs> Wiley does actually does that much in this episode. He's a big, strong boy. Everybody loves him, and he's never going to die. Yeah, <laughs> I could see you saying. I could see someone saying Celeste. Uh, she got one percent of the vote, and but, Jay got and Jay got the other one. But nah, it's not enough. Simone, it's Simone. It's definitely Simone. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, man, if not for that one episode that she was barely in, probably could have been a clean sweep for her in the series, <laughs> probably. But we'll say there's still two more episodes to go. I so can't believe it. <laughs> oh, only two more. So what? predictions so what, what's your um little prediction so, here so i've already have? dropped two pretty i think pretty substantial predictions in here first being that wiley's expiration date will be his actual death but mm. it'll and be i've bet differently than you right and, and i believe that'll be a sacrifice of some sort either sacrifice by sipping from the grail or going into the whale or something like that i think that he's going to spare lizzie because he knows his expiration date mm-hmm. is nigh so that that's a, a big one. Uh, I've 
dropping, uh, I think I dropped a big one, I think pretty big earlier, where I said that Jesus beat himself up. That's true. I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw, I'll throw a prediction in there. Mrs. Davis is somehow pulling the strings for Jesus. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's yeah, fair. That's fair. And, and here's my other one. This is this is a big one. I this this is a big swing. I don't know if it's going to land. I think Celeste helped Monty escape. I was wondering that too. <laughs> I was wondering that too. Uh, but um, I said it first. But but do you? So do you mean knowingly? <laughs> yes. All right. No, it's a prediction. I think she knowingly helped uh, Monty escape. I, I say she, I thought that, but once. When she talked to the AI, I kind of started believing her, but I could I could still see that. So well, yeah. th- now listen though, the AI just told us that it lies, mm-hmm. and <laughs> right after it told us that Celeste showed the pictures to it. So I don't mm-hmm. know how much I believe the AI, what the AI is saying about Celeste. I, that's true. No, that's the, very true. Exactly, the, that's what I'm saying. Like it could be. No, you you definitely could be right. Like uh, certainly. Yeah. Because AI I, might be lying so very much. <laughs> I think that she helped him escape and then took off. And she's pissed that he just took off afterwards. And that's why she's trying to track him down. But I, I think she I think she does believe that Simone knows where Monty is. Mm-hmm. But this is a total gaslight of <laughs> of Simone, which is funny that she's just talked been talking about being gaslit. Uh, but if I'm right, which you know, who knows? Maybe I won't be. Time will tell. How about how about the whatever Mrs. Davis said to Simone in the earbud? I don't have any predictions for that. I have, I have no, no idea. idea. Yeah, I have no wild idea. I mean, we could just. <laughs> I I really don't know. I yeah, no I have idea. no idea either. Like, don't eat. Maybe it, maybe it was a really funny, like knock knock joke. Or maybe <laughs> like such a, just a really funny joke, and so you know she teared and went, "Thank you." Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe it was the "Don't eat the chili; it's 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 rotten." It was you know food poisoning if you eat it. <laughs> Kurt, any alternate titles for this episode? Because I, this this one, I, it's maybe something heist related. I feel. I mean, you can call it the heist if you want it. Why? Well, this has to be. You, you can be a little more clever, like. The constipator. <laughs> the constipator. I didn't think of that. Yeah, no, no. I mean, um, if you want to make it kind of in the theme of how the other titles are, you say like the great and elaborate heist, or like you know, <laughs> like just you know, kind of that's not, that's the vibe I'm getting from these titles that you could call. Oh, I came up with three other ones. That, that yeah, I think. Uh, first, vulnerabilities. I think that's kind of a interesting theme of the episode here. Second. Tell them what they want to hear. That's a really good one. I like yeah. that one a lot. And, and then the other one's a little more obvious, the Lazarus Shroud. So. I want it a little more obvious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So anyway, yeah, only two episodes left. Boy, that is just not enough. I still have, there's still not been any updates on whether this will get a season two or not. It's going to so. be a while, too. <laughs> I think so too. Because they're going into a writer strike, and I know. Oh God, yeah. But the okay. So I will say this though: um, Peacock did renew uh, Poker Face, like while it was still in season for season two. 
Uh, I don't think this is going to get renewed while in season. I don't think so. Like I said, especially with the writer strike, I don't think we'll get any news on it until afterward. This this series to me just smacks of people will see it through to completion, and if they love it, they will spread the word, and it'll get found a little later on. I I, I think it'll be like a leftover situation. I agree. Where I think they're making this fully well knowing they might not get a season two. Yeah. Um, but they might end it in such a way where they could take off from a season two. But to be yeah. honest with you, the way they're kind of lining up the story, I don't know how you do a season two. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so I like the heard... stakes are kind of high. I mean, yeah. you can unless you went on some sort of cliffhanger esque thing, but that'd be a bit more unsatisfying. They they could probably, don't get me wrong, but so you know, there's a cool AI, it could just follow another person. Like it oh, could yeah. just be, yeah, I honestly yeah. that actually be really cool too. Like, yeah, just... If it's just different. <laughs> So totally different set, cast of characters. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. So two things. Uh, I read an article uh, from a critic who has seen the whole eight episodes, and and they said that that it's a very satisfying ending, and they don't need to do a season two, but that they would be very happy if they did. All right. Um, Damon Lindelof and Tara Hernandez have have written this to be a self-contained one season thing but have also said they want to do more we'll have to see them well then i'm i'm definitely curious as to how it ends and how it still has like i said there's still i mean still two full episodes left there's a lot of flexibility in it for them so i don't obviously i can't see how they could go like what they're going to do with it but um i'm intrigued to how they would end it in both a satisfying way but in both the way where a season two would be they understood so, of how they would do it. So I think characters. that Damon Lindelof is uniquely qualified to do that. Like mm-hmm. so he he did that for the leftovers three times. Mm-hmm. Well, two times, two times, two times, two times. Because uh, he wasn't sure if there would be a season two, so he wrote season one, or they he they wrote season one as though they'd like to do season two, but if not, this will be an okay ending. And I think it was. Uh, same thing with season two. Uh, they weren't sure if they would get a season three. Almost uh, didn't. They or almost did, did not. Yeah. <laughs> um, ended up getting a shortened season three. But they, uh, they they wrote it in such a way that if they didn't get a season three, it would be okay. But if they did, wonderful. So I have a lot of confidence in him to take care of that. And, I, and, and Watchmen as well. I mean, I think it Well, ends. Watchmen, I think... Was it, always... it was made to be one season, but I do think yeah. they ended it where you could have another season. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. I mean, Tim Blake Nelson, who's one of the characters on Watchmen, plays one of the characters on Watchmen, uh, plays Wade, uh, yeah. told told Damon Lindelof, you, know, you just ended the series with the biggest cliffhanger of all time, and you're not going to do a season two? So, I, I mean, it, it definitely did. I like it this way. I think it's a good way it is. But... Me too. No, definitely. So I'm, I'm intrigued of how they're going to end it. Yeah, so. me too. Me too. All right. Well, do you know what the title of the next episode is? No, I don't. <laughs> Great Gatsby 2001 colon A Space Odyssey. What the combined two titles? I know. <laughs> <That's Yep>. terrible. <laughs> okay. Well, whatever. I mean, Great Gatsby 2001 colon A Space Odyssey. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I I know we're we got to be going out to the whale, right? So I'm I'm not sure what Gatsby or 2001 have to do with the whale, but anyway, maybe Celeste will be reading some books. Who knows? <laughs> maybe maybe. 
I mean, that that uh, Lazarus Shroud does look a little bit like an astronaut suit. It does kind of. It actually, it gave me a Adrian Veidt vibes. <laughs> oh. I love it. All right. Well, Kurt, if there's nothing else uh, that you'd like to add, then I will address the listeners here to say thank you for listening. We hope that you're enjoying our coverage. Please do email us, showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, theories, whatever you got. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, please do share the podcast around. Give us those five-star ratings and reviews. We do appreciate all that. Check out our back catalog. Better Call Saul, Black Mirror, Centaur World, Chernobyl, Dexter New Blood, The Leftovers, Lost, Only Murders in the Building, Ozark, Russian Doll, The White Lotus, Watchmen, The Last of Us. Uh, and if you have suggest- suggestions about where we should, what direction we should take the show in next, we are really struggling to figure out what to cover next. So... We would love to hear from you about that. Um, at any rate, uh, I hope that you have a wonderful week. We'll look forward to the next episode. And in the meantime, you just keep chanting that mantra. I'm a big, strong boy. Everybody loves me. I'm never going to die. I'm a big, strong boy. Everybody loves me. I'm never going to die. Shoe hammer some show hoppers into your day.